You're listening to the Boots About Business podcast. We share stories from military veterans that have transitioned to the world of business. On the show, you'll hear conversations with business leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs that all started their careers wearing boots in the service of the U.S. Armed Forces. This podcast is equal parts about sharing great stories, helping veterans, helping businesses, and fostering a greater understanding of the value veterans can bring to business. And welcome, everybody, to episode number 22 of the Boots About Business podcast. I am your host, Frank Strong, and here with us today is Timothy Dance. He is an Air Force veteran turned chef and entrepreneur, and he's launching a new food delivery service. And we're going to talk about that on the show. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. I really appreciate this opportunity. I love what you're doing in the veteran community, and I'm just appreciative to be here today. Yeah, you bet. You've got some interesting things going on. We're going to dig into that. But first, let me ask you what I ask everybody that comes on the show, the the common denominator between all of us that have worn a uniform. Why did you join the Air Force? <laughs> well, I would love to say it was to, to do all these great things, but I was young. I was super young and I was married young. I was 19 years old and I had two children to take care of in a family. So I really wanted to find something that I felt would, would level me up, that would teach me some skills, some discipline, provide the opportunity, of course, like I said, to take care of my family. And I really wanted to see the world. So I chose the Air Force and uh, it was a great experience. Yeah. And so about those skills and things, what did you do in the service? What was it that you did pick up? Well, they moved me all around, but I started off as a services troop. For those that don't know Air Force lingo, I was in the kitchen. I was one of the, your favorite people. <laughs> but from there, the Air Force saw that I had some skills. So they kind of sent me around learning more aspects of the food operation. I was able to get certified. I was able to cook for generals all around the world. And then they moved me around. I was a, a deployment manager. I was in readiness. I was in operations. And then I finished my career out as an Air Force recruiter right here in Georgia. Yeah, for sure. If you're not getting the troops fed, then um, the Army doesn't move. It moves on fuel and, and its stomach, really. Exactly. What uh, is the Air Force, too, right? Um, did you go anywhere special? Any deployments? Definitely. Uh, I was deployed to the Middle East a bunch, but the Air Force, like I said, they sent me all around. I got to go to Spain and Germany, Qatar. It was great. It was great. Yeah, very cool. I ask everybody this question because there are good days and bad days in uniform, Answers are all over the map. It's definitely, it's not a competition, but what was your worst day in uniform? I appreciate this question, Frank, and I wanted to be open and honest on this question. My good day and bad day in the service are pretty much intertwined. While I was deployed to the Middle East, I was a mortuary affairs NCO. And so I had the great honor and pleasure of doing that job in a deployed location. But, you know, as we know, that's a very sad subject. You know, we had to send our nation's heroes home uh, to their family. And that was tough. And it was very, very hard to get through while we were there. But the honor that I felt to do that job, the respect that I learned for something greater than myself, it was amazing. And I keep that in my heart to this day. I can't imagine. That's got to be rough. That was both your best day and your worst best, day. Best and worst in, in the same meaning, man, honestly. Yeah. I've never felt that type of responsibility before to really understand, you know, that someone had given their life for what I do every day. And to be able to do that job honorably and to be able to learn the integrity that comes with that job and all the minute details of how serious that whole operation was, it, it was incredible for my, my personal growth and my career growth. That makes a lot of sense. And that's going to be one of those underrecognized jobs in the service. So thank you for doing that, because uh, 
it, candidly, I don't know if that's something I could do. Maybe a lot of people could. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of emotional strength, I would imagine. It does, but it was truly a pleasure, to be honest. It was truly a pleasure. It was hard to do, like I said. That's why I, said, I labeled it as my hardest day, but it was a truly a pleasure to be able to serve in that way, in that capacity. So started in food service, learned a bit about operations, traveled all over the world, handled a big job in mortuary affairs and dealing with all of the emotions and maybe intangible skills that go with that. What do you think it is that the service taught you that is applicable in your work and business today? Man, they taught me a lot of things, not just the vocational, the on the job training. Um, You know, I was able to learn a lot of technical things, but more what I'm taking now from what the service taught me was the commitment the teamwork, being able to be a follower and a leader, those things are vital to what I'm doing now as co-founder of a corporate company. You know, I have to lead. I have to be able to follow. I have to understand that teamwork is all collaborative. It's not just one person learning that in the service, experiencing that every day, being shoulder to shoulder with someone who was just as committed as me. That taught me more than, you know, being able to flip an egg. I can cook a steak to a perfect medium rare each time, but, you know, those skills I do hold dearly more than the technical skills I learned. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Some leadership, some project management. I think it's important too. The, Definitely. You know, people talk about the military, they always talk about leadership aspects, but there's something to following too, right? And being able to accept direction from someone else and being part of a bigger mission and help them carry out whatever the task is they're trying to get done. Exactly. So let's get into, you mentioned you're, you're starting a business now, you're working on a, a business. How and why did you, how and why did you leave the service? Definitely. Um, so we spoke about it at the top. I have a, had a family, of course, that family grew during my almost 10 years in the service. Unfortunately, I had to be divorced from my wife during that time. And I ended up with the children all by myself as a single father. During that time, I was a recruiter. And uh, the hours, I don't know if you guys know, but the hours are crazy. 12 to 14, sometimes 16 hours a day travel, long office hours as well. You have to keep office hours and stuff. So it was tough. And I was a single father of three children. So I really had to try to figure out my way. And once I realized, you know, my recruiter stint was coming to an end, I was in contact with my ongoing base. They had plans to deploy me because of my skills, because of my technical training, I was supposed to be deployed. And I just, I couldn't see I'm in that state, leaving my children. And, And so I just had to make a hard decision. It was tough. It was nothing that the Air Force did. Nothing that the Air Force took away from me. They actually were very supportive of me during that time. I just, the hours, literally, I just could not keep up the hours of the Air Force recruiter and be a full-time father. So that was a personal decision I had to make. I miss the Air Force every single day. I really wanted to finish my career. But, you know, it seems like God had other plans for me. And my family definitely had other plans because they didn't enjoy seeing me, you know, gone 16, 18 hours a day. So I had to get out. But, you know, now that I'm out and I'm on my own and I'm doing the things that I'm doing, I'm just very proud of what I learned. And I'm very proud of, you know, the Air Force for, for you know, selecting me. I, you have to be selected to join the Air Force. You have to be selected to be tra- trained around the world. That was very, very impactful for me. So having that experience, even though I had to leave, you know, I'm still always happy and I'm still a recruiter for the Air Force. If anybody asks, I'm saying, hey, you know, go Air Force. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure, life throws throws us all curveballs, and maybe that's something that that the military teaches you as well, because you you constantly get thrown into situations where you can feel over your head. But let's talk about what you ended up doing and get us to dancing delivery. Maybe like quick cliff note version of because you did a lot of things. Yes, building <laughs> up your business. Maybe kind of just a quick overview. Hit one or two of those those spots no in problem. between. 
I'm glad you said Cliff Notes, man. It would take a bottle of wine and a couple of hours to get through all I've done. To we get could do that another time. <laughs> another time, man. But definitely, like you said, I started as a chef, so I used that training. I went into many kitchens. I went into consulting doing that as well. And in doing so, I found that, you know, there was a lot of problems in the industry, the food industry, period. And I just was trying to figure out as somebody who's all about service, someone who's been dedicated to service in both the military and now my civilian career, I just wanted to find the solutions. I wanted to try to help people, if that makes sense. So yeah, that led me to, to what I'm doing now. Dance and Delivery is a logistics text company, and we're based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So tell us, so if, any, if the, anybody that's listening missed it, your last name is Dan, since the name Dance and Delivery. Yeah. Imagine, right? Am I right? Yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and so you're in the process of opening this thing up. Something new. Can you tell us a little bit about it? What is it? What's the problem in the market you're trying to solve? Definitely. So there's tons of problems logistically. We all know that anytime something moves, things can go wrong. So we really tipped our hat on finding an expert way to deliver and both the food space and honestly, any partner or a company that has a product they'd like to get to the end consumer. We're really putting all of our chips in within our app, within our website, all of our infrastructure to, to find and optimize you know, those routes, any of those solutions, we're really trying to optimize them for our partners. So that's the, the logistics part. But the biggest part of what we do, and honestly, this is how we help. We have figured out that marketing and advertising and direct-to-consumer communication is lacking across the board. doesn't matter if you're a mom and pop or a corporate brand. Most, if you don't have the marketing dollars with the big machine, the big engine, most companies are not able to effectively reach their customers and engage them in a way that brings them either in-store or online, whatever. So we found in our market research, and this took over a year and a half, you know, we didn't rush into this, really wanted to be smart on how we brought these services and solutions to our partners. As we did our research, we found that the delivery services definitely needed. There were some holes there that we found, but we also found that they needed more, you know, and they hate going all around four or five different companies to get everything that they need. So we decided to be the preeminent, the all-in-one service that provides logistic support and also marketing support and tie that all together in a nice, pretty bow that people can use and understand that we're in a different age now, you know, now a lot of things are going direct to consumer. A lot of things are coming directly to your door. How does it happen from when they see the product to when they order the product to when they actually get it to their door? We looked into those problems and we definitely feel like we have the solutions to answer some questions. We are different. <laughs> so I'd like to ask you a little bit about that. I'd like to dig into the business because we spoke before and it was really impressive how you thought through all of the problems. And so I want to ask you, you're heading into a delivery space that already has some competition. There's DoorDash and Uber Delivery and, and other folks in there. What is it that you think you're going to do differently? Or what is it that you discovered in your research that is going to help you survive in a space where there's already existing competitors that are really well-funded? Definitely. That's a great question, Frank, and I appreciate it. The space, the market is very crowded. There are titans of industry there, billion-dollar companies. And we understand that when trying to compete with a billion-dollar company, you really can't, right? <laughs> so we decided that it wasn't about the competition anymore. It was really about servicing the people. I'm dedicated to service, as we've talked about. We decided that we, we wanted to be a solutions-based company. And so we digged in. As you said, we researched. We found out that people wanted more from the delivery service. We thought that this was just a luxurious thing to have, to be, have the food brought to your door. But people actually are looking into it more. They care about the quality of the food when it comes. They care about the temperature of the food when it comes. They care to know if someone has tampered with it, if, if someone has 
messed with the food and took a fry out or something like that. They care about all of those things. They care about the driver who's pulling up to their personal home, their personal residence. And they want to know more about that person because that food and that is going to go inside their body is being delivered to their personal address or wherever they are. And so we looked at those things and we found there are actual solutions here. And we did that in the form of temperature control technology with our hot bags, our delivery bags are temperature controlled all the way up to 185 degrees. We can keep that food hot for you from the time that it was made all the way till it gets to your door. We found that there are tamper-proof packaging out there that we could use and utilize to help our customers feel more safe about what is coming to their door and, and know for a fact that it wasn't tampered with. And if it was, it's completely evident. And our company would take care of the back end and make sure that that is just it's a no-go there. We also found that the drivers didn't have much buy-in. Drivers across the board in this industry, in the gig industry, they didn't have much buy-in to the companies that they're working for. We felt it important to certify them, to make them feel that their job had meaning. So all of our drivers of SurfSafe certified, their food handlers certified. They understand the process of food delivery. They understand the process of when it comes from the kitchen, that it should be kept at a certain temperature, untampered with, and that it should be held to the highest standard. So we definitely believe in all of those things. And they care. I mean, just outright, they care. They care about the job. And we do our best to help our drivers, help our employees understand that you are important. You're one of the most important parts of this entire train, you know, the entire train of operations from the restaurant partner or company partner all the way to the end consumer. So I guess as this pandemic has unfolded and people have started ordering all kinds of food, there's this realization that it's more than just pizza, right? It's one thing to deliver pizza, but the complex foods start to introduce some food safety issues. You saw that as a niche, went after that, exactly. are addressing it with training and, and some products to help enhance the delivery. And it's good to hear you say that you care about the delivery drivers because that's one of the, the biggest criticisms I guess we hear in the media or news reports about some of the, the larger, more established services is that they, you know, they kind of, I don't want to say abuse, but they're definitely, it's hard to make a living doing that. Yes. So, so what's the Great. business model? Can you describe kind of like how you're going to make money and how the drivers fit into that? Definitely, definitely. So we've already learned that it's extremely hard to make money on the delivery end of a logistics company. All of the big guys, they're losing money on that end. So we're providing that as a service, as a solution, just because we care. Simple. We know that we'll lose money there. We don't care. This is how it should be done. If food is being delivered, if food is being moved, we believe that we have the way that it should be moved. The second part to that is our marketing. We believe that that is the part that's lacking. And that's where we really are. We believe that we'll make the most of our money because we have an entirely new way that we're going after consumers, that we're going after partners. We don't want to sell, sell, sell. We want to provide information education, solutions that they can actually see. We want to engage our customers with exciting graphics. It's a different time. We have to step out of the box that business has been in and understand that the consumer is the king now. It used to be the corporates made the decisions. It's time for the consumer to take its place. And, you know, as we all know, the consumer is always right. So we're listening and we heard you and we're definitely ready to serve you. Yeah, it sounds good. It's funny when you look at a, a receipt from some of the delivery services, there's like a whole bunch of fees on there. There's, you know, a delivery fee, a service fee. Then oh, yeah. you, know, you obviously want to tip your driver. You want to feel good. But I, it always drives me nuts because they they have an automated calculation for the tip. But, you know, you're tipping on tax, right? It's not yeah. just the base fee tax. Exactly. But, um, all right. So we saw, can I answer that for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, we we saw all of that, man. I promise you. We looked into this deeply. We saw that the model there, the payment model, the... The pricing of what you're actually getting was just off. And it was honestly a little <laughs> unethical because, like you said, you're tipping off of tax, you're tipping and it's yeah. adjusted. 
we allow our customers to choose their tips based off the service that they receive. We take care of our drivers. Drivers can earn up to 25 plus an hour driving with dance and delivery. And that's wow. through a, a variety of different ways. Of course, I said we certify our drivers, but that's not all. We offer them other ways to level up and to do this job more. After they complete those different trainings or certifications, we pay them more for that. And because obviously they're prepared more to do a better job, we want to pay them for that. So you can honestly make this. It's not a figured number. You can honestly make up to 25 plus an hour because we deliver everything. In fact, we even have a pet delivery service. The base pricing and packaging for that pays the driver at least $15 one way. So that's already outside of the standard, the, the market standard, you know, and that's just one of the services that we have for our consumers. So we are very, very happy, you know, about the model and how we are able to help drivers and consumers with this pricing, with, you know, with everything that gets confusing. We also have just straight base pricing as well. We don't have a bunch of hidden fees or anything like that. You'll know clearly what you're paying and why you're paying that. And it shows up in a very easy way. You know, you see it right on your screen as you're ordering. And then after you order, you won't see any extra charges or anything like that. It'll be a, a receipt and you can track your order all the way from start to finish. Yeah, that's interesting. So you see this growing beyond just food delivery service? Oh, definitely. I don't want to give away the house, but... um we actually don't see our competitors being in the space that we're in now. We actually see our competitors outside this market and uh, quite bigger than actually the competition that we're facing now. All right. Well, we'll be watching and we'll definitely put some links in the show notes. You know, folks want to check out what you're doing. I do want to ask you, you've done some charity work recently. This past holiday season and over Christmas, you called it Operation Santa Claus. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what that is and um, maybe even talk about some of the things that you accomplished. Of course, of course. So the military community in, in general is near and dear to my heart. I really, really am dedicated to serving that community no matter what, because I know what it takes to do that job. And I know what it's like after you get out of that job. So we never want to unplug from that community. Operation Santa Cause is just a simple way that we can choose a cause within the military community and each year give back. We, regardless of what that cause is, we don't have any criteria. We just research, find a worthy cause, and we give everything that we can. And we also raise donations from the community that we serve to also donate. And then we go and we use our drivers, our logistics to deliver that kind of support in whatever way it is, whether it's food, toys, clothing. We really have some great ideas on what we would like to do. But um, if you're interested in, in helping us with that, I would love to hear what the people need, what the community needs. And we'll find a way to get that to you for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I was instantly thinking food delivery service for, uh, you know, veterans in need kind of thing, you exactly. know, like a, a meals on wheels kind of thing. But um, I'm actually right. going to write that down, Frank. Thank you. <laughs> um, there's a couple of homeless organizations in the area that I'm aware of that for, that are geared towards veterans that, you know, might be something to put on the list of consideration. We would um, love to serve them. Let me ask you, so you've got quite a bit of the military experience you had is directly related to what you're doing now. Obviously, food service and operations, mortuary affairs, which I imagine teaches empathy and dealing around sensitive topics. You mentioned you were doing some recruiting, which is clearly related to sales. Do you think doing what you did in the military as a business is a requirement? In other words, if you did something, one thing in the military, is that what you have to pursue in the civilian world? Or are there other skills that you learn that you think are applicable in business? Absolutely not. I definitely feel like you can use your skills that you learned in the service, but there's no specific skill that you need 
to have in business. Businesses are so different. The landscape is so wide, especially now. You know, if you wanted to just manufacture masks, that's an entire business now. So I just feel like the skills you learn are definitely applicable. But after you get out, there's going to have to be some more personal development, some more business development. And you've got to do your homework flat out. You just got to do your homework because coming into, for instance, the logistics industry, it didn't directly match up with my military skills. I had to do my research. I had to talk to some smarter people than myself and figure out what is really going on in this industry. What do I really need to know? How can I learn? And that's the approach I would definitely say take. You know, you have to take a learning approach to opening a business instead of, I know this, I've got this, I've got military experience. I know I can do this. I've done it in the military. It may not translate. There may be some more requirements. So I definitely feel like what you learn is definitely going to be the base, the foundation of what you're able to do, but you've got to do your homework. And I definitely feel like you'll be all right. Yeah, that's great advice. Let me ask, you're kind of getting towards the end here, but I'll ask one last thing. For veterans that are getting out of the service and thinking about a career in business, or even starting a business, because that is a scary thing. What advice would you have for them? That's a great question. The advice I would have is to remember the commitment that you had to your military service, because it's going to take that and sometimes more if you wanted to open up a business for yourself. I always tell my co-founders and some of my employees, um, although I'm out of the military, although the uniform has changed, I work the same hours. So you got to be prepared for that. The uniform changes, but the hours are pretty much still the same. Yeah. Um, and then for anybody interested in getting into your career field, like into food service, any um, any specific points of advice you'd offer there? Definitely. If you're interested in food service, I would say um, figure out what you're best at. If it's the operational part, if it's the front of the house, the back of the house, if you just have a love or a passion for actually cooking food, I would say just get off into it. The doing is more important when you're trying to learn. The doing, the action is what's going to really get you to that end goal. So I would just say go out and do and uh, find what you're best at first. Be honest, you know, you may not be the best cook. (laughs) You may be better in operations. You may be better with numbers. You may be better in the back of the house. Whatever that is, definitely go after it. Do. That's my advice. Yeah, it sounds like sage advice. If somebody is listening and wanted to reach out to you, you're interested in your business, they want to be a driver, they're getting ready to transition and just want to ask, ask for your advice about where they should go in their career. Where can they find you online? Definitely. I'm, I'm in an open book. If you need anything like that, if it's connected to the business or not connected to the business, if you're a veteran and you need some help, I believe in serving, period. So you can please reach out to me at my personal email at timothy.dance at dancingdelivery.com. And that's dancing without the G, D-A-N-C-I-N. All right. We'll put those in the show notes and um, get some links up to your business, too, so folks can uh, find out. Timothy, I want to thank you for coming on the show. We wish you lots of luck in the business. Appreciate you um, sharing your experience and the effort that you're putting into your charity. Thank you so much. Again, I appreciate this opportunity. It was a blast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Boots About Business podcast. Please know you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you catch your podcasts. And while you are there, won't you leave us a nice review? It'll help the show and in turn help other veterans. Finally, if you know someone that's a veteran in business or is an entrepreneur with a story to share, hit us up using the contact form on the show's website. That's bootsaboutbusiness.com. That's all one word, bootsaboutbusiness.com. Until next time, I am your host, Frank Strong, out here.